Welcome to Next Gen Now with Rudina Cesare, your inside track to technology, innovation, and the startup world. Rudina bridges listeners with the brain trust of the business world, speaking with early adopters and industry-leading innovators. Each week, she gives you a backstage pass to the people designing, building, and marketing the companies, products, and services of the future. Now, WebmasterRadio.fm presents Next Gen Now with your host, Rudina Ciceri. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rudina Ciceri, partner at Fairhaven Capital, and I invest in technology startups. You can follow me on Twitter at Rudina11. And for those of you who don't know, that is R-U-D-I-N-A and the numbers 1 and 1. I welcome you, our listeners, to this edition of Next Gen Now. Today on the program, we will talk about the role media coverage has in transforming the tension that technology companies actually draw from the broader media and the business media and the various angles a startup can take to be really covered and interesting to multiple reporters and publications. And it is with great pleasure that I welcome Scott Kirstner as my guest on the show. Scott is a leading journalist who writes about innovation and entrepreneurship. His innovation economy column appears Sundays in the Boston Globe, and he contributes to the Globe's Beta Boston blog. Scott is also editor of the site Innovation Leader, that is innovationleader.com, which focuses on R&D, product development, corporate venturing, and new initiatives within large companies. Scott has been a regular contributor to Fast Company, Business Week, Variety, and Wired. He's also a published author, and his books include Fans, Friends, and Followers, and Inventing the Movies, a Technological History of Hollywood. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Scott Kirstner, all one, all one word. Scott, welcome to the show, and thanks for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. I'm actually quite excited to have you on the show, in particular because you are such a sought entity in terms of media coverage and breaking stories, particularly in the Boston and New York areas, but truly nationally. And so perhaps we can start with one of the most fundamental questions that every startup that is ready to make a a splash is faced with, uh, which is how can they differentiate themselves particularly from a PR coverage and media attention point of view, in a market environment like today where startups are booming um, and there are product announcements, new companies being formed, um, new funding, um, you know, releases and announcements. How can a small old startup with a lot of potential effectively draw media attention? I get you to write about them. That's a lot of questions to start <laughs> off with. You know, it's, it's funny. I think that a, a lot of people take the shotgun approach to getting the media's attention, and they think that they're going to put out a press release or maybe write a blog post on their site and then email everybody about it, and suddenly the whole world is going to care, whereas really you have to take a much more focused rifle approach. And, and I think it's kind of similar to the way people raise venture. I mean, you'd be seen as a complete amateur if you sent an email out to every venture firm in the country saying, here's my business plan, do you want to invest? But a lot of people take that approach with the media. You know, I get a lot of emails with press releases every day that says, you know, dear Scott, and then clearly the whole message is cut and pasted and sent to everyone on the planet. 
So, I mean, the biggest point is to focus on what are you trying to do at this stage? You know, is it media to get people to download your app? Is it media to help you attract employees to your company? Is it media to help you attract investment? Is it media to help you attract a big partner? You know, maybe you need somebody in the healthcare industry or in retail or in financial services to know that you exist and to partner with you. So I think that's, you know, those are sort of the first two steps is what are you trying to do at this stage of the game and how can you focus on the outlets that are going to care about you at this point? And, and I agree with you. In particular, I sort of think in my mind when my portfolio companies are trying to draw media attention, just in to, to start with two big buckets. Are you speaking to the consumers? In which case, you know, are you going after journalists who cover consumer-oriented or write consumer-oriented stories to get that bus? or business coverage, and the two may reinforce each other, but they're absolutely not the same thing. Um, any interesting examples come to mind of companies that might have done this very well, and how did they handle these dynamics between drawing consumer attention and business attention, perhaps all at the same time as they were first coming out and announcing their existence? I'll have to think of some some concrete examples. I didn't come to this interview with a with a list of of things to focus on. I, I guess what I would say is that, you know, one of the things for small startups, it's hard to do everything at once. So it's hard to maybe have a a, a, a media strategy that gets business attention and consumer attention at the same time. What I what I would say that I notice is that a lot of times what startups do that kind of works against them is they all want to be seen as completely unique. You know, they're the leading provider of XYZ, or we're the only player who's realized <laughs> that this business opportunity exists, right? And I'm sure you hear that in a lot of the pitches, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, they want to be like the one extra special little duckling that's unlike all the other ducklings. Sometimes that works against you when you're talking to the media because they're like, well, they can't really figure out what space is this company in? You know, are they competing with... Um, I'm looking across the street here and seeing the Akamai logo. You know, are they going to disrupt Akamai's business in content distribution, or are they competing with Uber and Lyft, or are they competing with um, Athena Health in right. you know in healthcare IT? So, you know, part of what you have to do at the early stages is, is figure out like what how can you paint a picture of where you exist in the market, even if you are a very unique company, even if you see yourself as a disruptor, you know people need to understand sort of where to place you in their brains before they can figure out if they want to write about you. It's interesting because I have the exact, as you pointed out, the exact same experience. The worst a startup can do when pitching a, a VC partnership or, or even an individual is to say, I have no competitors. And yet, you know, it's a stunningly high number of entrepreneurs who come in and say, oh, no, inter no competitors. Well, I believe that's probably not the case. But um, Right. But and a lot of times for journalists too, like, you want to write about competitive stories. You want to write about the startup that is going to disrupt Akamai or the startup that, you know, everyone thinks Uber has won the car sharing, ride sharing market. You know, there's actually this new startup out of, you know, Istanbul, Turkey, that's going to disrupt Uber. So people, journalists really like that competitive dynamic. So I would say don't, you know, don't be afraid to talk about yourself in relation to existing players. 
Yeah, in fact, showcase it. Don't hide it. Scott, what about this notion of uh, reporters and um, particularly in tech-oriented publications that uh, often ask for exclusivity? Putting myself in the shoes of a startup, they're trying to get your attention and they're trying to get the attention of someone at TechCrunch and maybe the journal. But I'm just throwing some publication names out there. And one of the parties all of a sudden asks for exclusivity. What's your guidance? How should they handle that request? Because if they give exclusivity, all of a sudden they have cut themselves out of the other discussions. Well, yeah. I mean, I think if it's me asking for it, it's always okay. To do, <laughs> of you know, course. the answer is always yes. <laughs> I mean, I think it you know gets back to that thing we were just discussing of focus. You know, who is it most important, or where is it most important for you to be seen today? I mean, if you're if you're if you want to be get the attention of banks or um, stock market investors, the Wall Street Journal is an obvious place for you to be. And so if they're asking for an exclusive, it might be worth considering like, hey, this is the best place to announce that our product is launching or that our company just got some funding. But I think exclusives can make sense a lot of times if it's a really high value target. You know, if it's going to get you into Wired Magazine, if it's going to get you into the Boston Globe, if it's going to get you into the Wall Street Journal, versus sometimes if you don't give people an exclusive, you put out a press release and you're getting a lot of really grade B and C coverage in outlets that don't really move the needle for you. And, uh, you know, the other thing that I say to a lot of companies is that you don't just have one news hit that you can do, that you can offer an exclusive. I mean, companies throughout their first year or two or three of existence, you know, often it's, you know, it's, hey, we just hired our first CEO or our first CTO. And so you might have personnel related news. You might have funding related news if Fairhaven invests in you. You might have partner related news. You know, General Electric just agreed to buy our, you know, um, our first wind turbine, you know, um, optimization software. Um, and sometimes you can have news even about like office space, you know, like local publications care about where companies are moving and leasing office space. So you could think about, you know, and you could brainstorm and sometimes there are feature, you know, product feature related things or distribution relationships. You could brainstorm six or eight or 10 different stories over the course of the year. And some of those you might want to give out as exclusives and some of them you might want to work with multiple publications at once on. Lovely. Well, we will need to take a break there, but when we come back, I'll continue my conversation with Scott Kirstner. Next Gen Now will return, staying ahead of the technology curve, after a word from our sponsors. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. 
Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. We're back with more Next Gen Now, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Rudina Ciceri. Welcome back to Next Gen Now. I'm Rudina Ciceri, and I'm joined by Scott Kirstner, and we have been talking about the role media coverage has in transforming the cover- the attention that technology companies actually draw from the broader media and the business media and the various angles a startup can take to be actually covered and interesting to multiple reporters and publications. Let's get a little bit more um, operational, if you will, Scott. One of the big trade-offs and considerations that um, startup companies have is around the usage of cash because they're vision rich but cash poor, especially in the early days. How should they think about hiring or not hiring a PR firm or a PR individual, outsourcing it with a firm versus perhaps hiring in-house or having a marketing person try to perform that function? What's your guidance to that? Well, you know, it's funny. I want to turn the question around to you in a second. I'm, I'm curious what you, <laughs> what, how you see startups making that decision internally. Because what I usually say is, gee, you know, I pay a lot more attention to founders when they email me. And, you know, team members of the company, you know, who really know a lot about what they're doing and are authentic and are reaching out to say, like, hey, Scott, we exist. Here's what we're doing. We know what you cover. And, you know, a lot of what I cover is companies here in Boston and and greater New England. We'd love for you. You know, we'd love to meet with you. We'd love to show you what we're doing. Um, and, And so... I tend to pay more attention to people who are founders of the company and CEOs of the company reaching out than I do to some unknown PR person that I've never dealt with before. So there can be value in handling it yourself. I mean, obviously, founders don't have infinite time on their hands to do everything, but I do, I do see a decent number of founders who reach out to me and I try to respond to everybody who does. I think it can also work to have an independent contractor who's maybe doing some of the outreach for you, really understands what your company is doing and kind of what the focus is of your media outreach efforts. And, you know, maybe they're sending you some email addresses of key people that you as a founder, as the CEO of the company should be emailing yourself. That can be good. I often see once you hire the PR firm and you're paying them whatever it is, you know, the $10,000 a month retainer, $20,000 a month retainer, that they start to get into that shotgun approach of, okay, we're going to start sending out blast emails to everybody in our database. And, you know, you kind of lose the, the warmth and authenticity and, you know, you're, you're, you're doing a lot more outreach, but probably getting less high quality results from it. No, I tend to agree with you. In fact, um, as with many of these things is it depends but and it depends a little bit on the founder's personality as well if they're very charismatic and they love media attention and they love spending time um, telling their story they are very much a natural fit if it's the case that they're more introverted then they need a little bit of help I think PR firms can be very strategic in their guidance exactly what you just did 
um, prior in the prior segment where you know even the guidance of hey the same company has many many interest points or angles that different reporters might find interesting so you're not giving the same press release to everyone um, by the same token though um, they can give that guidance by the same token the counter argument is you're paying a lot of money it's a retainer you can't measure success very very well I've seen cases like Jibo a company that in fact was very lucky recently to have gotten a wonderful from you and they, I think I believe they were on the cover of the Boston Globe magazine on the Sunday edition recently and when they announced I mean they had a hundred a hundred publications cover them and they continue to remain interesting and I think it has to do both with the story and the guidance the PR firm gives them and the founder and the CEO both being very very interesting individuals and, and that but, example if I'm correct I think is like a one person or a very small PR firm out in the Bay Area that they work with, right? It's not one of the giant PR firms in New York or wherever. That is correct. And the founder and CEO made them make themselves available directly to reporters, to your earlier point. Yeah, go ahead. I also think that, you know, sometimes, it, as you mentioned, sometimes if people are, are not, you know, if they don't think of themselves as people, 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 persons, whatever the right phrase is, you know, if they're not very outgoing, they don't feel like they have a lot of magnetism, you know, you can go to media training courses and you can get trained in how to do interviews in person, you know, with a print journalist or interviews on camera for TV, you know, so that's something that you can learn. And probably if you're thinking about building your company over the long term and remaining in a leadership position, it's really a good skill to have. Perfect. So, um, Scott, I'm going to switch um, direction just for a little bit and kind of put you on the spot, but I would love to hear what stories are you working on um, these days and sort of what should we be expecting to read in the next few days? Well, you know, I'm really interested in virtual reality and augmented reality, and so I've been trying to find all the companies I can here in the Boston area that are doing interesting stuff for the various VR and AR platforms. Lots of talk about is this a bubble and interested in kind of gathering some perspectives about, gee, does this feel like, you know, we've been talking about is it a bubble for the last five years probably, but are there some things that make people feel a little bit worried about the future of the startup scene in Boston and elsewhere? And then I think another thing that I want to write about soon are there's a lot of companies looking at the data coming off connected cars and sort of what you can do with that data and helping people maintain their cars and get service and stuff like that. So that's probably another piece that I'll write. Next Gen Now will return staying ahead of the technology curve after a word from our sponsors. Save the date and join us for the 32nd Annual Miami Book Fair presented and produced by the Center for Writing and Literature at Miami-Dade College, November 15th through the 22nd in downtown Miami, Florida. Connect one-on-one -on -one with some of the biggest and brightest best-selling authors and luminaries, including Jane Smiley, Tom Brokaw, Eric Bogosian, Mitch Album, Ben Mesrich, Alan Dershowitz, Natalie Dupree, and so many more. Book lovers will enjoy eight days of exceptional cultural and educational activities. Plus, enjoy visiting more than 200 exhibitors from around the country. Kitchen demonstrations and panels from Miami-Dade College's Miami Culinary Institute. Live music and so much more. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. 
Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. We're back with more Next Gen Now, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Rudina Ciceri. Welcome back to Next Gen Now. I'm Rudina Ciceri, and I'm joined by Scott Kirstner. So on your last point, um, lucky enough to partake in the Nantucket Conference, which just happened recently. Um, and for the broader audience, Scott actually organizes that conference. And there was an interesting quote by one of the speakers who said, going forward, um, a car will be a privilege. So first comes data, then come automatic cars. Do you really believe in that thesis, Scott, that cars will be driven automatically and um, having a license and being able to actually physically drive one going forward maybe five to ten years from now will truly be a privilege or be legal as someone actually put forth? Yeah, I like that idea. Well, first of all, I'm, I organized an anti conference with a bunch of other people from around the Boston community, so I don't want to take complete credit for that, for sure. I do like the idea. I mean, we always we always thought in the future, you know, humans are such distracted drivers and, you know, their ability and their attention really varies a lot. So I like the idea of making driving more safe and we'll have off-road tracks, you know, for people who want to drive their car and feel that sense of adventure, you know, maybe you'll go to Disney World-like places and be able to drive a car, artificial intelligence in control. Lots of people die in car accidents and, you know, a lot of the history of the auto industry has been trying to reduce fatalities with seatbelts and airbags and now, you know, um, uh, those sensors that don't let you change lanes or alert you when someone's in your blind spot. So I think we're heading in that direction, and I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah, I have mixed feelings. I see all the um, the value of reducing, effectively reducing casualties, whether it's being hurt or death. By the same token, we're giving up so much of our own independence and control in this connected world where decisions are being automatically handled by third parties that I'm not sure, it doesn't just pertain to the car, it pertains to our scheduling, our own demand deliveries and requests that I don't quite know um, going to change our both my life and how he's going to do so for the better, but also... But we get on planes and we get on trains and we don't feel like we need to be in control of those vehicles, right? I Maybe there will be other things that we can control, like you can ride your bike around town, you can walk around town, you can skate around, skateboard around town. Being added on the road will actually let me skate around town and bike around town until my bike gets to be very intelligent, in which case it will move my feet for me. I don't know. Um, I'm being provocative. I think... Um, 
I do think that there is certainly benefits to having um, more automated cars and to have some intelligence in the car. How far out should that be pushed? I have mixed feelings on that. But on that note, I believe we're just running out of time. So I'd really like to thank you, Scott, for participating today. It's a true privilege to have you on the show. And I do hope you come back. And for Thanks our lot, new episodes of Next Gen Now air every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific. If there is a topic you'd like to cover, please tweet me at Rudina11. That's R-U-D-I-N-A and the numbers 1 and 1. And again, if you'd like to follow our guest from today's show, Scott Kirstner, his Twitter handle is at Scott Kirstner. I'm Rudina Ceseri, and I look forward to speaking with you next time right here on Next Gen Now. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.